Good morning. Happy Sabbath. Where would you rather be? At Disneyland? Of course not. <laughs> That's why you're here. That's why you're here. The story is told in Yonkers, New York in 1961. A young boy was born named Ron Guerin. This little boy was very special. He was very active. He liked to run and play, and he loved speed. As he grew up, he took a real interest in airplanes, and he became a pilot. However, deep in his heart, he had this one desire. He wanted to become an astronaut, an astronaut. That was his dream. And so he trained, he learned, he trained, and then finally, in the year 2008, there he was on the launching pad. The countdown was 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and boom! It took off at 18,000 miles per hour. Can you imagine that? That is nine times the speed of a bullet in a rifle. It just thrust them into the air on the shuttle. And there he was, living his dream. Where was he going? Up to the space station. Up to the space station. And so he wondered what this experience would be like. What would it finally be like if he were up in space? What would he see? And so he, they docked at the space station, and he had one job in specific, you know, to go outside of the space station and to work on it. And he just wondered what would that, that experience be like. And then all of a sudden he looked. And there it was, planet Earth, planet Earth. He'd never seen it from that vantage before. And all of a sudden, he says he had what was called a spiritual experience. He saw himself as part of a greater whole. He saw the world in all of its complexity and all of its unity and all of its uni universality. And he understood that what happens here affects what happens there. And it changed his whole life view of the world. And he saw himself as part of humanity for the first time. And he saw that what affects one person affects us all. And hence, he wrote a book that's called The Orbital Perspective, a perspective where you see that we are all part of the human race, and whatever happens with one group happens with another group. You know, sometimes I think in our political world, we forget this, amen? We think as if one group is against another group. The fact is, my friends, we're all human beings and we're all in this together. 
And so if there is one message that we hear from the book of Revelation, it is this message. When God speaks, he speaks to all. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the world. Amen? And so, if you have an ear, who's got an ear? Can you hear? The Scripture says, if you have an ear and you can hear, listen to what he says to the churches, to you and to me. What does he say? Is this working? Okay. The first message we get from this letter to Thyatira is that our Jesus has eyes like a flame. He sees it all. I have a granddaughter who I play a game with. I say, I say, Kinsley, Opa sees you. Opa sees you, Kinsley. And the first time I told her that, she kind of looked at me like, what? And she was kind of uncomfortable. And so I said, Opa sees you, Kinsley. Opa sees you. And then she looked at me and she said, Opa, I see Opa. I see Opa. And I thought, wow, the incredible privilege of sight. I went to the optometrist, and uh, I went because I, quote, routinely go. And so I thought, my eyes are fine, right? And so I went in, and the optometrist told me, now leave your glasses on and read that chart. And so I began to read line one, I could read line two, I could read line three, line four, line five. And then it was at line eight, I believe, if there are that many lines, I'm not sure. You know, but it was next to the last line, and I could read that. And then the optometrist said, now read the last line. And I said, I can't read it. I can't read it. Then she said, now take your glasses off. Now read what's on the chart. And I said, what chart? <laughs> so I had to read with my glasses on with my glasses off. And I realized that at the last line, I couldn't read what was there because there was something I was missing. I needed better eyesight. The scripture says that Jesus is one who sees everything. He sees it all. He sees everything about you and me. The question is, what does he see? The scripture says 
I know your works, your love and faith and service, your patience, your endurance. But I also see that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice immorality and to eat wrong, wrong foods offered to idols. We deal with a God who sees everything. Isn't that incredible? Now, you may think at times, uh, okay, in that eyesight, though, he also knows everything. There are times when we live our lives and we wonder if anybody really knows everything and the importance of knowing our hearts and the details of it. You know, to me, I was at a restaurant with my wife at, at Claim Jumper. Anybody go to Claim Jumper? I was over there enjoying a meal, and then all of a sudden I had this horrible pain in my side. And, and you know what? I like to eat. However, I lost my appetite. And I told my wife, you know, this pain is really bad. I don't feel good. You know, let's go home. And she, and she said, but you didn't finish your food. Oh, this must be a crisis. And so we went home. And I felt worse and worse and worse. And the pain became more deep and more deep. And all of a sudden, I was at the point of screaming at the top of my lungs, this is really bad. <laughs> and she said, is it really that bad? Now, she says I'm not a crybaby, okay? And so I believe her. And she said, if you're in that much pain, we got to go to the emergency room right away. And I thought, I surely hope they know what they're doing because this is not good. This is not good. And so I went in, and they triaged me. My son is an ER doctor, and so he knows. They triaged me. And the nurse who was the triage nurse, he said to me, he said, you just got a kidney stone. That's all. You're just a big baby. That was his attitude. Just a kidney stone. Man up. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Man up yourself. <laughs> and so, anyway, so uh, uh, he said, well, you can wait, okay? And I am not kidding you, okay? The, the pain after a while became more intense. And so then the doctor came who had listened to the triage nurse. And he said, sir, you got a kidney stone, just go home. And my wife said, you know what? No. 
<laughs> no, I, we're not going home. And he said, ma'am, what do you want? Now, my wife is very persistent, okay, because one of the things that she had been told was that when you've had chemotherapy, which I had had, one of the complications might be a pulmonary embolism. And she knew that that could be a possibility. And the doctor said, ma'am, I don't think that's what it is. You know, he can go home and he'll be fine. And she said, no, I do not want him to go home. I know something is wrong. I know something is wrong. What do you want, ma'am? Not like that, of course. She said, I want you to do a CAT scan. And he did a CAT scan, and there it was, a pulmonary embolism. If I had gone home that evening, I would have died. I would have died. See, sometimes knowledge is so important. It's so important that if it's not clearly understood, we die. And you know what? When it comes to our spiritual life, we need to understand that God not only sees it all, he knows it all. And in this passage, he's saying, yes, I see your good works. I see all these things that you do. However, I see something else too. I see that you have a problem. And that problem, if it's not addressed, will kill you. You know, sometimes I think that in our discussion of love and sin, we misunderstand what love is about. Sometimes the loving thing to do is to point out what the problem is. Amen? Amen. You know, I was driving in my car and I had a warning light, you know, that says overheating. You know what I'm talking about, Russell? Overheating light uh, on a car? Yeah. And my mechanic says, look, is your water low? Yeah, it's low. Well, put more water in. And I'm thinking, why is the water low? You know? And so I do that. I put more water in. And the temperature goes down. The problem is solved, right? Of course not. And so one day I'm driving in the mountains and the temperature begins to rise and I go, oh no. No place to put the water in. I rush down Crestline Mountains over there and I get on the freeway and the warning light is on again and then all of a sudden, push! My radiator explodes right there on the freeway. I hadn't heeded the warning. And there I was on the side of the freeway, stranded. Friends, sometimes we need to listen to God. Maybe all the time, really. We need to listen to God all the time because when he says, yes, I see all the good, we get a smile on the face. 
And then when he says, but I see this in your life, we get a sad look on the face. But you know what? It is just as important for our well-being that God sees the good as well as God sees the bad. Because if we don't address the bad, the end of that may be death. Amen? God knows it all. I'd like to... make this statement that even though he knows it all he does not say and therefore you are no good therefore because I see the bad you are no good I pride myself to pay my bills on time So I got a notice in the mail from the bank. Overdue. Charge. $25. $25 charge. A penalty charge. So I do what everybody else does is I call up the bank. Right? You ever call up a bank? with the number that they tell you to dial? Do you? Well, I did. And you know who's at the other end of that number, don't you? Mr. or Mrs. Siri. You know, a computer. And so, press 1-4, press 2-4... Press three, four. I'm saying if you tell me to press one more time, I'm, no. And so, here I'm pressing all these things, and and all I want to do is to say, look, the bill is a mistake. Well, really, it wasn't. It, It wasn't a mistake. The thing was that the bill came a couple of days before the due date, right? Now, how many of you can pay your bills on time if you get it a couple of days before the due date? I mean, be serious. And so I was thinking, even if I put it in the mail now, I'm toast. And so what I wanted to do was to talk to somebody. Please, let me talk to somebody. And so I was talking to this computer, and the only thing that the computer knew is that you are late. And so you get a penalty. I said, oh, my. I got to talk to somebody. That's the only way I will ever resolve this. So finally, I tried another number, and I said, is anybody there who speaks English? No, I won't say that. Is anybody there? And so I get the person on the line, and I said, look, I'm guilty. I am guilty. I did not pay my bill on time. However, I want you to understand something, and that is I got the bill... Two days ago. 
Is there anything that you can do? Well, you've been a customer of ours, you know, for 25 years. I think we can make an exception. Isn't that nice? A live voice. Even though I was guilty. Even though I had to pay the penalty. The live voice came on. See, we serve a God who is a live voice. Who sees it all. You know, I had had this horrible day a few years ago. I left my house at 5 o'clock in the morning. I went to Glendale. And that day I also, I drove to Long Beach. And it was like a long meeting. And I just wanted to go home. And as I was leaving the church, the, uh, the elder of the church, she, she says to me, well, be careful of those drivers out there at this, at this time of night. I said, what do you mean? Well, you know, the people can be pretty nasty on the road, you know. And I said to her, how do you know I'm not one of those drivers? Anyway, and so I'm, I'm leaving the church, right? I'm leaving the church. I'm tired. And so I, I'm, I'm just about a mile away from the church. No, not even that, a half a mile. And all of a sudden I hear behind me, You know that lovely, lovely sound? And yes, the lights are on. And I'm thinking, now what did I do? <laughs> and the officer gets out of her car. And she walks up to me, up to my car, and she says, Sir, do you know what you did? And I'm thinking... Well, uh, not sure. And I put my hands out of the car, out of the car. And I said, like this, officer, <laughs> I have really had a bad day. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sure you pulled me over for a reason. And so she said, you made a left turn. Did you see that sign? I said, what sign? No, really? <laughs> I didn't see it. The sign that says, no left turn. I said, officer, honest. I didn't see it. However, I'm guilty. Okay, you're right. I made a left turn. I should have made a left turn. You're right. And she's looking at me, and she says, look, where are you from? I said, I'm from planet Earth. No, I did not say that. <laughs> I said, uh, I'm from Rancho Cucamonga. She goes, Rancho Cucamonga? Isn't that where they had all the fires today? I said, yes. My neighborhood was filled with smoke. And she says, you know what? I can see that uh, you've had a really long day today, so I'm going to make an exception here. I'm going to let you off. And you know what? I wanted to give her a hug, 
but you do not hug officers. And so I just said, God bless you. <laughs> Thank you so much for your grace in my life. And you know what? With God, he sees the good and the bad. However, even though he sees it, he says to us, and I gave her what? I gave her time to repent. See, the scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's where we usually stop. Isn't that true? But that's not the right place to stop. Verse 17 is just as important. For God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might live. See, with everything that God shows us that needs to be adjusted. And I will tell you, here in your presence is a character who needs a lot of adjustment. He says, uh, for everything in your life that needs to be adjusted, I will give you the opportunity to repent. As a matter of fact, not only will I give you the opportunity to repent, I will lead you to a repentance. Isn't that wonderful? And so here he says in Revelation, look, I see it all. I know it all. But irrespective of your guilt, I give you the opportunity of repentance. But how is that possible, God? Then who is going to pay the penalty? Isn't that true? Oh, he said, I got it covered. I got it covered. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. He says, if you accept that, if you receive that, then your debt is paid. See, there are people who say, oh, that's cheap grace. Friends, don't ever say that. We're talking about the Son of God. That is not cheap grace. He gave his blood and soul for you and me. The penalty must be paid, but he took the penalty upon himself. And so he says to us, as a response for my gift to you, when I show you areas of your life that need to change, repent. Don't hold it back. Don't be hostile. Don't be difficult. Let me work in your life so that your life may be different and may be new. Amen? See, we serve a God who sees it all. We see a God who, know, who knows it all. We see a God who makes that appeal to all. Who says, though he die, yet shall he live. Isn't that the kind of God we want to serve? Isn't that the kind of God that 
we say, look, whatever you want from me, God, because of your love, because of your grace, I surrender it all to you. Isn't that what we all desire? This is the message to the church of Thyatira. I see it all. I see the good. I see the bad. But repent. Lay yourself open to me. Ask for my mercy. And I will set you free. If this is the desire of your heart this morning, I invite you to pray with me. Our Father God, what an incredible God you are. You know it all. You see it all. And yet, you forgive it all. Not so that we may continue to sin, but that through your power, we may be liberated to live the life that you have called us to live. Oh Lord, help us to understand that this life is fragile and that this life is short and that one day soon that all the suffering and all the pain that we have in this earth will be over and that there will be a new song to sing, a song of gratitude a song of hope, a place where you will be at our center, where there will be no more crying, no more pain, no more suffering. It will all have passed away, Lord. And you are asking us right now, just accept this through faith and then let me change your life. Let me change your heart. The struggle is over. Let me just live inside of you. That is your plea for us. Oh God, we thank you so much that when we call you, you are not a computer. You answer the phone. And through that answering, you encourage us to lay it all at the altar of your grace and your power. And that through that grace and power, we are made whole. We thank you so much, O oh God, that you are so merciful to us. May we live this life with a new awareness that in you we are made new. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen.
your purity, Holy Spirit, breathe new life in me. Holy Spirit, come abide within, may your joy be seen in all I do. See. 